Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. And here we go with another episode of Warrior Mindset. But you already know that. Man, thank you for tuning in again. I know that there's a a lot of stuff on the internet that you could be spending your time on. And the fact that you picked this to listen to, it is, uh, I'm very thankful. So let's try to get you some value with your time here. I have two... um, uh, dose articles. Um, one, you're trying to do too much. And then another one about uh, energy vampires. <laughs> um, we all know, we all have those energy vampires in our life. And uh, yeah, they just suck the life out of you. And how do you do, deal with them? Uh, all right, so let's get on to this first one here. It's Medium article that I found. And I kind of like it. Um, you're trying to do too much. So right off the bat, uh, let's see, uh, Scott Young. And I think I've done one of his before too. Uh, he's a good article. I mean, a good writer. Get a lot out of him. Um, so, all right. He gets right into it. Progress requires priorities. We need to tackle projects one at a time, not try to juggle them all at once. Man, so I am a very binary person. Okay, I, I can't help it. I uh, I can't multitask. Um, I can't even like, I can't even check my phone and have a conversation with somebody. And I know a lot of people think they can do that. I would argue that most of us cannot multitask well. But the main thing here is that there's a difference between. Uh, uh, Options and committing between multiple and singular, right? That's really how you get stuff done. The title of this is you're trying to do too much, but honestly, the meat of this uh, write-up is about how doing one thing is the secret. It's really about how to get things done. It's a pretty good article. I think you should go read it, but let's go through some of the points here. One of the first things you notice is there's this graph of open options versus commitment. And, you know, the thing is, when we try to do a bunch of stuff, we often don't complete anything. And I think about that in my daily routine myself. So the way I structure my week in my one of my bits, so my main business is this company um, where we where we build websites and web apps, and it's consulting mostly with some development, some you know software development in there. So we have we have a good amount of clients that are uh, sort of retainer or uh, regularly regularly schedule hours with us where I do maintenance or, or work like that. So 
typically once a, I'll try to do maintenance type work on Mondays and sometimes it spills into Tuesdays if it's a lot. And that is one aspect of the business that I found that over time if I don't if I don't sort of tackle those maintenance items. And any given Monday I could have anywhere from you know 5 or 6 to a dozen to two dozen small tasks anywhere in the 15 minute to 45 minute range that I have to complete for someone and every now and then I have you know three or four hour uh, maintenance or update task or whatever for a client if it's on the you know the bigger side of what they've asked us to do as long as it fits inside of our our predetermined you know time budget that they've they've pre-purchased from us so that in of itself is like a one little microcosm that I really have to do one task at a time, right? So I'll have my list of, you know, anywhere from six to 12 things that I have to do that, that day that I need to get through, and I'll, I'll do them one at a time. Even if, even if like three of them are all the same things that I have to do for different clients, right? Like, uh, you know, updating a piece of software, and if three different clients use the same software, it'd be real easy to try to do all those three at one time because it's the same software. Well, it might be, but I still go through it one at a time because I want to do it, update it, test it, make sure it's good and put it away, right? I want to move linearly through that list. That's that day in a microcosm. If I, if I sort of zoom out on that whole week, well, I've got these maintenance tasks and I've got these regular project things, like ongoing projects that might be longer than, you know, under an hour. They might be three or four weeks worth of work, which, you know, I then break those down into lists as well, like one at a time things that I can do. But I make sure and try to get those maintenance things, those smaller things out of the way, right? And, you know, it kind of applies to life in general too. Like if even in people, Right, so if there's like five or six things, and I feel like, man, I want to keep my options open, versus one thing, well, those five or six other things, I probably never get through them. I'll probably never get done. I'll probably never, you know, if it's a person, actually have quality time with all five or six of those people. Right, I can only do that one at a time. So this difference between like op- open options versus commitment, you know you got to think of that commitment line as like a straight line, right, from start to finish, okay? Um, this, is, this, is, um, this is also helpful, this article gets into, which I also agree. How about like this phenomenon where, you know, you – or, or it's a saying or whatever, like you have your best ideas in the shower, right? You have your best ideas on this, let's say you have this this project or this thing you're trying to solve or whatever, and you're just struggling. You can't get over the hump of solving it or whatever. But the moment that you like go take a shower or do something different, all of a sudden in the back of your mind, you like solve that problem somehow or you have an epiphany moment or whatever, right? There's also value in doing one thing at a time. Right? Because if you know you know the score, you know you have all these six things to do and you're focused on this one thing, maybe one of them is tough or maybe one of the tasks requires thinking or whatever, 
while you're working on that one thing, or you're committed to that one project or whatever, you're sort of incubating these other ideas, right? Your subconscious has time to filter out the bad ideas and things like that. It's a good way to work, it's, it's, and it's not the same as procrastination, okay? So I got into this a little bit earlier. One of the, one of the headlines here is set shorter projects, and, and I agree with that wholeheartedly, and it seems simple. I mean, it seems very self-evident, and you know, you're going to hear this and be like, well, no, duh. But here's the thing. I don't know how many projects, you know, I'm just using the term projects. You can't see my air quotes, but that last like over a year, right? This thing that you're doing is going to take a year to two years. Well, from my experience, typically things like that, multi-year effort, as he he references it in the article here, have a much higher chance of being abandoned. The same thing is with uh, like side projects or hobbies or whatever, uh, you know, fitness, like whatever like thing that you're doing that's, you know, not necessarily the primary thing. It can be the primary thing, but whatever. Those longer term Commitments, even once you've committed to it, those longer-term things have a high percentage of being abandoned. Because from start to end goal, there's just too much stuff and there's too much time. So breaking that down into shorter shorter projects, right? And I don't mean like break it down into short steps, you know, one acorn at a time, whatever. You've heard all that crap. Any larger project has little sub-projects, even if it's half or a third or a fourth or an eighth, whatever. These, these smaller bite chunks, these smaller time commitments, you know, anything that's a year can be broken into quarters and any quarter can be broken into months. Um, in the software development world, there's a framework called Agile Framework and they break that down into what they call sprints. Right, and they'll try to find what they call a cadence, which is a regular time frame of getting things done, meeting and talking about making changes, and then getting more things done and going back through that cycle. So they try to create this cadence, which is a great way to attack a giant long-term problem or project. You can research that agile, um, agile framework. It's it's pretty common in the software industry. Um, so that's the same thing. You know, I think even if, if you are looking at relationships with people, it can, it can work the same way. You can't go from, you know, I just met you to getting married overnight. You've got to break that down into smaller things. You know, you, you first need to see if you can make it a month, <laughs> maybe a year, you know, whatever, whatever that time frame is for you. But you know, there, there are smaller goals and smaller milestones that you can reach and just be cognitive of those things and be intentional with those things, right? Like we said at the beginning, progress requires priorities, right? If you want to get ahead in something, you've got to find the thing that you're going to prioritize and focus on in order to complete that. 
it's pretty generic, but it got me thinking. Uh, I like this article. It made me think about some things I've been working on. All right, we've got this other one here, energy vampires. A genius way to handle energy vampires. <laughs> Talk about flip the script, right, um, on an energy vampire. Let's define an energy vampire, okay? It's sort of that, it's that person that when you've spent time with them, you're left feeling less. Not necessarily an annoying person. There's a difference between just being straight up annoying, right, and sort of sucking your energy out. They're energy users. They're energy abusers. Uh, It could be physical, mental energy. Mostly it's mental energy. We all know those people. You've probably got somebody you're thinking about right now that fits that bill. I know I do. So here, based on these articles by Michael Thompson, instead of giving them your time and energy, flip the script on them. Script on them. Um, he has here specifically, when it comes to certain personality types, we all have our own unique allergies. Some people, for any number of valid reasons, steal our energy. (laughs) Obviously, the world is full of people that don't mesh well with us. So, you know, and and I agree with him. Basically, if if, if you look this up or whatever, you know, there's an old saying, no is a complete sentence. Right. Um, I forget who said that, but that's a quote. No is a complete sentence. Uh, it's, it's simple. Okay. If, um, a lot of times an energy vampire, they're not, they're not aware of it. Sometimes they are. Um, and a lot of times if you, you've probably found this, if you cut them off, you know, no is a full sentence. Or say something to them to the effect that, I mean, not this exactly, but you say something to them like, I'm not going to let you drain my energy. Nah, I'm going to pass or whatever. Um, Like he says here in this uh, article he links up, you poke a hole in their pacifier, right? They're they're liable to, um, they're liable to get mad at you. They're liable to say something negative to you. They're liable to point out the fact of what you're doing, okay? Let's go to this quote that he has in here. And I love this quote. I'm going to put it in some stuff later by Dan Dapani. Dan Dapani. I think this is like a Buddhist monk. Anyway, life is a manifestation of where you direct your energy. What are the weeds or what are the flowers? What are the negative or what are the positive? Energy does not discriminate. Right now, you are a sum total of where you've been investing your energy in life. Go read that. You have to be deliberate in who you give your energy to, who you allow 
to utilize your energy because this is really what you're doing. So you're either being intentional with it or you're letting them just take it, right? And I'm not saying it's a, you know, it's a quid pro quo. Like it's not that you give someone energy, you should get something back. That's not what I'm saying in every scenario. But you've got to at least feel good about it. You've got to at least feel good about giving someone your time. You've got to feel like they are thankful for it or respectful to you for it or they understand what you gave up for it, whatever it is. Like this sentence, can I pick your brain? Or when you get a minute, right, from people who aren't in your circle, right? He's not a big fan of it. I'm not either. Um, so like, like he says here, uh, a lot of times, you know, the shorter the, the request, the more time that you have to invest in that, answering that. Um, like his example, can you tell me about your writing process? <laughs> oh, sh- like, sure. You want me to just teach you how I do my job? Like I get that a lot. Um, where I'm doing this podcast right now is in the studio that I've built inside the cowork um, that I co-founder of. And I get this a lot where someone will come to me and say, Hey, can you show me how to use the equipment in the podcast room in the studio? And, uh, you know, the first couple of times I was like, okay, sure. And I, I go down the route of like, well, here's the mic, you plug the mic in here. You need this kind of software to record. And then it just goes off the rails because then they start asking like, well, where do I put the podcast? How do I distribute the podcast? What's the social media strategy where, you know, what kind of website should I build? And I'm like, man, all of a sudden this went from, Hey, can you show me how to use this mic to how do I build an entire like thing for my podcast? And then it usually ends with, well, okay, what should I talk about? And I'm like, you don't know what you want to talk about for the podcast you're talking about doing? No. Well, what are we doing here? Like, why am I showing you how to use a mic and you haven't even thought about? Like, the subject matter. <laughs> um, that's like nine times out of ten. And I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm happy to be perceived as someone who knows what I'm doing, and I'm happy to per- be perceived as an, some level of expert or whatever. I don't even like using that term, but, like, I'm happy for that, right? And I don't want to not help someone. I don't want to be the reason why someone doesn't start the thing that they've been wanting to start. That's a sucky place to be. Um, So one of the strategies here um, aside from, well, first off, this monk that he references recommends meeting the person with kindness and detachment, right? So um, the, the main way to do that is by uh, responding to the person's energy request by offering them a suggestion that demands spending their time and energy, right? So one of the things I've done with my example for the podcast room is they'll ask me that and I'll say, yes, here's my email address. Go back and email me um, the, ty- the name of your podcast, all right? Like, don't, don't tell me right now, but go email me. Um, email me the name of your podcast, um, email me like 
the mission, okay, there's two things. Title, like the name of the podcast, and what's the mission of the show, mission of the podcast. And then I'll, I'll send you my calendar link so you can pick a time. Right? I mean, so far, no one's actually done that. Maybe they perceive me as being an elitist dipshit. I don't think so. But what that requires them to do is to go back, and they'll sit down, and they'll say, shit, I don't even have a title. Like, maybe they have a title, but they don't know why they're doing a podcast. It makes them think about that stuff. And I realized that, you know, the first couple of times people asked me to show them how to use the studio, like, that's not, that's the least of their worries. Like, learning how to plug their mic into their computer and record it is like, that's so easy. Like, you can literally do that on your own. They're actually wanting me to spend time with them on helping them come up with a concept. And again, if, if we're tight, I'm happy to do that. But if I don't know who you are, that's energy that that's like an hour of my time that I could spend on my own project. Um, and again, I don't want to be the reason why someone doesn't do something. So, you know, it, it's like the first step, right? So the example they have in the article, the next time someone asks to pick your brain and you don't really have the time or whatever, consider saying, hey, here's a good book on the subject. After you read it, send me an email with a few of your biggest learnings, and once you're done, we'll go from there. Okay, so, you know, they're already asking you for your advice and expertise, right? So they, they, they put you in that position, right? So instead of giving away your time, energy, and expertise, you put the energy back on them. It's sort of like energy judo, right? And it will protect your time, but when they come to you, they will actually already be a little more thoughtful, right? And chances are they might not come back to you after that um, because they probably answer their own questions or they're, you know, whatever they were wanting to talk to you about, they're not that into anyway. So you would have wasted your time because they'll never do any action with it. Um, I mean, you know, energy vampires, they do exist, you know. Uh, most of the time, you know, they don't mind, they don't mind wasting your time, right? They don't, maybe they don't even see it that way. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times early on in the process, you know, you're going to be excited, right? You're going to be excited about helping someone, but you'll, you'll see after time and you, I'm, and I know if you're listening to this, you've experienced this, um, you know, you're just answering the same questions, that you've answered before that no one else has taken any action on and it, it gets old and you know, that's where your energy goes. You're, you're leaking energy to that, that person. And if you're like me, you don't want to be the reason why someone doesn't do something. You don't want to be that roadblock because they will use you as that excuse, but you don't want that. Um, you don't want that on your conscience. You don't want that energy on yourself. So, this, this sort of energy judo, I like it a lot. Um, I do it myself. And you know what? If you do it and that person thinks you're some kind of, you know, elitist prick or whatever by giving them homework before they talk to you, then they were never going to, like, you're never going to feel good about that interaction anyway. They didn't really respect you anyway. They're just using you for the five minutes of knowledge that you have. So, you know, what's, what, what does it matter? 
you know, move on anyway. Okay. But try that. Try the energy judo. I'm sure that applies to other things in life too. So um, if it if you can think of something, hit me back. Uh, I'm always up to learn. So there you go. You know, focus and prioritize. Use energy judo where you can. Hope that helps. Remember the mission, y'all. 1% better every day. Just a little bit goes a long way. All right. Until next time. Get out.